0: Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 250 of Cyclocross Radio. On today's show, we are back in the media pit with Michael and Zach, and we're talking about Ruchfin and then also Namor. Before we get into all that, I want to once again remind you that you can subscribe to the CXR's bulletin to get all of your analysis, photos, videos, these podcasts are rolled into it, Everything is all part of the CXHairs Bulletin. Go subscribe at cxhairs.substack.com. You can also give a gift. If you've forgotten that cyclocross friend in your life and need to give them a last-second gift, give them a subscription to the Bulletin, cxhairs.substack.com. Also, head over to wideanglepodium.com. Subscribe to those shows. Best Independent Cycling Podcast Network, hands down. We want you to be a part of that community. Wideanglepodium.com. Hey, if you haven't left a review for our show, we'd love for you to do it. Give us five stars and leave a comment. You could could say nice things about us. We, We won't mind. All right. We got Michael and Zach in the media pit. It's episode 250 of Cyclocross Radio, and we're doing that right now. We are back. In the media pit, with Zach and Michael, we got two World Cups, double World Cup weekend to talk about. But before we get to any of that,
1: Michael, how's it going? Bill, I'm feeling a bit feisty. You know, I'm over here drinking a cold one. I've had maybe one, two, three... Four, tell me that you love no more.
2: That's a throwback, man.
1: I Mad
2: props to you. What is, that that is a there is a vintage like mid mid aughts. Mid aughts,
1: yeah, dude.
2: That was the golden uh, age. Indie
1: classic. I, I was.
2: Can I can I tell
0: you? I was uh um, I was workshopping something along the lines of uh, Tom. Pidcock toyed with Ailey so much he was more like
1: Teddy Ruxfin. <laughs> wow. Oh that's that's good. I was something like Ruckfin, more like Tom Pitter Sawyer getting the jump on Ellie Huckfin. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Zach, anything? Zach? Come on.
2: Uh, I, I, and I don't have anything. I did not spend my time <laughs> workshopping. Uh, these these <laughs> intro puns. So I guess I've really uh, yeah. Really, I, uh, I've Teddy, really the
0: Teddy ball. Ruxman Teddy ruxman has been hanging with me since Saturday. Just just trying to <laughs> trying to
1: figure out how to how to make that work. And anybody who is like, there's probably ha- you know I don't know what your age breakdown, Bill, but a lot of people don't even know what that is. You just said so. That's okay. Um um. That's there's there's Google. It's fine. yep. That's that's the vibe of the podcast. Just throwing out. Random, <laughs> random references, callback to like early '90s, you know, San Antonio Spurs teams and and toys from the '80s. Yeah,
0: well, let's start with Rüchfin, and we can start with you know a, a, two. What can we say here? I I would say total of both races, total of five good laps. But let's let's start with the race <laughs> where there was one good lap. <laughs> <laughs> Still Wait. a great race. The women's race was still a great race, but it definitely was one of these like, uh, you know, it, it was Rookfin was like the nomad land of, of, um, cyclocross races where you're, you're sort of lulled into it and it looks really nice. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's pleasant to watch. And then like in the last 20 minutes, it, the, all of the action stops, it just starts and, you know, and resolves itself.
1: That's fair. I mean, I, my friend sent me a message saying it was one of the best races of the year, the women's race, and I said, the last three laps are pretty good. Um, yeah, but they, but Zach, they just kind of rode around with each other for the first
2: 80% of the race race. I mean, as usual, I watched this one on on replay, and I, I think about halfway in, I was just like, you know what? I'm just fast-forwarding to the last lap. Like, you knew what was going to happen. Like, you could see that Voss wasn't going to shake Brand, and you could see that Brand wasn't going to shake Voss, and, you know, our friend Betzmo was just there, and you knew it was coming down to a last lap. I mean, there were no... So there were... I Interestingly, I think there were two features that made it, like... Interesting. Like I have to say, some of the photos of the 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 I'm using air quotes here, the carousel were moderately amusing. I think our our man Ham Voss, he had one where he had like Magalie Rochette. You had like 74 riders in every other direction. It's like that's a unique photo. And then you had kind of like the Loenhout-esque whoops uh, section. You know that riders were were going through, which I'm sure made for some good. You know, but I it didn't seem like there were any. Decisive features, and it was very kind of like a flat ish course otherwise. So it just felt like there was nothing, there were no places where those riders were going to separate. Zach, this was your case study.
0: This was Zach gets his comeuppance. It was a late in the lap sand section that was the most exciting part of the race and the only thing that I'd, I'd be like you know looking at twitter looking at oh they're coming to the sand let's see what happens this time and it'd be like oh are they gonna ride it are they gonna dismount is somebody gonna get a couple seconds is somebody you know that was like th- that placement of that sand pit was was phenomenal and it, it really was the only thing at least for me before it came down to it that 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 made it a race because you know, if you got off, you had to burn a match to get back on. Yeah, I think Betsema had to do that a couple times. And then Brand, out front, got off. And then Foss had to get off. And then Betsema had to get off. And then they're all running. So I, I think that was, like, the the one feature, at least, that really, really decided
1: that race. You're not going to say the one feature wasn't the barriers? Well... Yes, in the men's race, for sure, well, okay. I guess in the women's race, it didn't quite decide it, but it was it that was the moment, right? in the women's race was the barriers. was the voss trying to get back in and then would she do it? She did it, and then she does a sprint at the end. I don't know. I guess I'm saying the most like action happened at the barriers, sort of.
2: So what I liked about this is that my other adage that I was, is the barriers don't matter until they do so much in the women's race. And I was like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm licking my chops and, you know, because uh, Voss just totally can't get clipped in, kind of botches it. And I'm like, Oh man. And then the barriers actually didn't matter. Cause she still just won the sprint in the long sprint, but I got my redemption. We'll get to it, uh, in the men's race. But I, I was, uh, It was funny. I was talking to, uh, I saw Jen Jackson on Zwift. So I had to like ride with her a bit and we were chatting on Zwift and she was watching the race at the time. She's like, you know, the goat was, uh, she was a little, little rusty goats, a little rusty on her skills, you know, making mistakes like that, but she still had enough, uh, in the sprint, uh, you know, and had it been a shorter sprint, maybe she wouldn't have won, you know, if it was the finish, of Namur, <laughs> you know that would have cost her, but you know she had enough time to sprint around Brand, and Brand looked a little spent uh, at the end. I-, I don't know
0: if this is sacrilege to say, but has Mariana Voss been? It, it, is she somebody known for superior cyclocross skills? I always feel like she's a superior cyclocross tactician and always just stronger than everyone else, and right. does a really good job winning races like that, but. You know, we can look at like races like No More that I don't think she fares very well because they may be a more technically challenging. But but you're right in that she should. Yeah, she's you know I mean, she's clipping her, in at the barriers. She's barrier got her, so she's like got her step through. She's got her step through. She's able to clip in that 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 part. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I am not not negating what Jen was saying. Definitely looked a little rusty there coming back into the cross
2: scene. Uh, but you do raise a good point. You know, I think someone asked like, oh is Voss racing Namur. And I mean, I think at this point in her career, she has the ability to selectively choose which races she wants to do. So she's doing like this one. I think she's doing Zolder, which she'll probably win, uh, you know, and picking and choosing which races that she wants to do. And that seems like, uh, you know, a nice luxury and we'll see if it works out for her as she's going for that eighth championship, if it's going to pay off. Um, you know, on the, the Fayetteville course, but you know, she's kind of picking and choosing those super fast. Like this is a Mary Va- Mariana Voss style race for sure.
1: Right. Yeah. Ruckfin. you know, and I thought this is, I've talked about this before. Um, I really like, I like this weekend because it sets up that dynamic of like the types of courses we have in cyclocross and Ruckfin was, I don't know if we're losing bill. I'm going to keep going. Um, Ruckfin was like a crit right it was like it was like a grass crit in in the netherlands it was super fast and although there wasn't a ton of action in the women's race in the men's race it, i would call it a you know to quote i think marty it was a ding dong battle and i love i actually love that style of racing and i think it's more exciting the men's race but i actually do like that wide open, fast group racing action that we get completely contrasted to Namur, which is becomes, uh, you know, individual slug fast, kind of a time trial with, with also some good racing too. But I did hear this summer, I believe it was Lancy pants. Who's who called, you know, criteriums, hot, nasty American speed. And I was thinking watching Ruckfin that it was more like cold, nasty, low country speed. So, I, I just wanted to give a shout out and say how much I actually kind of liked that course and the style of racing that happened.
2: Yeah, for sure. I don't, no, I totally agree with you. I don't think you want every race to be like you wouldn't want to see, say, like Over and Namur on the same weekend. You know, that would be like jam packing two of the most technical tracks together. I think it provided uh, a nice contrast and you know, for a a chance for someone who is doing both races. So we saw Brand came up a little short, but she got a chance for a redemption at Namur. And I, I wouldn't talk about the men's race, spoiler alert. Our our guy Pitters, <laughs> he ended up uh getting getting the win. So it was kind of interesting to see like, oh, can Pitters win on on two courses, one of which in theory, you know, given what he did on the mountain bike this summer, should have been tailor-made uh to his skill set. So yeah, I like it. I think it was they were nice kind of bookends. It reminded me of a super prestige course, sand at the end, um, you know, a few features here and there. Uh, but definitely, uh, to me, it reminded me, again, of, a, of a, a super prestige style track, which certainly has a place in in European Cross. It also is nice to have those back-to-back just because,
0: I think like you guys were saying, you know, the, just the style of the, the courses and something that uh, Jeremy was bringing up on the broadcast it's like you wake up the day after no more and you just got like these bruises everywhere and <laughs> you you don't really know where they came from you know they just kind of <laughs> happen because you're you're just like banging yourself against the ground and against posts and against trees and everything else and Rookfin was hard and definitely you know was something that they were going all out but it wasn't it wasn't physical in that sense it wasn't that you know it was nice to have the the race that beat the crap out of everybody on sunday so saturday was just just a good kind of clean hard race so kudos kudos to
2: flanders classics on that scheduling michael who was our top non-dutchy just guess before you look i'm asking you so just just take a guess if i'm asking you oh if you're asking me um was was it Sana? Sana Khan. Eighth place. You know, not bad. I mean, kind of down. Yeah. Was not r- kind of in the Pony Camp. I mean, she was with, I guess she was with Sheeran Van Anroy. So that's that's Pony Camp. And I mean, right behind her was Ava Lechner, who uh, is probably old enough to be leading a Pony Camp herself, but whatever they call the, the Pony Camp in, in Italy.
1: Oh, my gosh. I had one more note. What I want to say. Oh. So Zach, to kind of go back to your point, I thought this played out something you brought it before was uh, Lucinda Brand and the way she has like no fucks and how she attacked Ruckfin and just was like, I don't care. I'm going to go to the front for most of the race. Like Voss did one lap in the beginning and then sat in for the entire rest of the race and let Brand do all the work and into so Voss, you know, comes around at the end, but like Brand almost won it even racing that strategy and I thought that was just right to what you said about how she's attacking this year yeah Uh,
2: and I feel like before we leave this one I mean I've I've been, I don't know, I've been kind of I've uh, been questioning Fem Van Ampel for sure. Uh last week, managed to skate a little bit because she won <laughs> the race we didn't talk about because of nationals. Fourth place, she raced really well. She went out hot from the start. So I'm getting I'm about ready to call the uh, curse of the U-23 jersey dead, uh dead and gone with Fem Van Ampel. She's racing super well uh right now, a couple really good races in a row. And guys, I'm gonna put a pin on this, uh, and we we'll get to the men's. But wh- who was the top American, and in what place did they finish? Just jot this one down for. It was more of a group ride, wasn't it? I mean, there was they were out on a training ride. Okay, but just
0: I, I mean, <laughs> man, top. So top. Katie. Katie yeah. Yep, Katie Klaus coming in there ahead of Claire Hansinger. Yeah, definitely noted um, that.
2: In which place, though? Which place? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know. It was in the 26th. 20 okay. All right. Just put pin on that. Right. Just okay. remember that yeah. one. Okay. All right.
0: Uh I will say, just finishing this up before we get to it because it'll it'll lead into no more and what you were saying, Michael, about brand, is that it I know we've talked about it a lot. You see that racers when they mature in cyclocross, you can look it's sort of the the Matthew Vander effect. I thought we saw it with Lars Vanderhart too and some other riders. Is that they will start their careers by being Just like, I'm going to go out the hardest at the start of this race, and then I'm going to break everybody's legs, and then I'm going to stay on the front, and then I'm going to win. And then eventually they're like, oh, this doesn't really work out that well. And then they get into that kind of that Sven Ness, you know, fifth spot and just sort of hang out there, wait for their moments. And we even saw Vanderpoel doing it, you know, when he was coming back. He'd wait like two laps and and then go Brand is kind of the opposite. Brand has decided, you know, beginning of her career, was like, I'm going to hang out and see what happens. I'm going to be in the pack, and then I'm just going to work my way up there. And now she's just like, screw it. You know, the gun goes, I go, and you guys can do whatever the hell you want behind me. And we're just going to play it like that. And, you know, in the last month or so, it's it's worked really well.
1: Yeah, it definitely worked really well on Sunday. Should we move on to the men? Men's race. Yes. Right.
0: This this I don't know. I I mean recency bias. Absolutely. But this was up there as one of the at least the most enjoyable races I've seen this year.
1: Most fun to watch. I think so. I just rewatched the last lap before we got on the show and I I had goosebumps, man. I mean, it like and then just just the fact that the sort of the hot, the cold, nasty Benelux speed was going all race. I mean they were were, were, were bows are being thrown. I mean Pitters is trying to come. Ellie is going. I mean like you had, you know, the sauces. Ellie was alone at the front at the beginning. And I was like, you know, oh, he's actually at the front. Like what's he gonna do? But our man Mikey V comes through and just like gets up and he makes his way up there. I don't know. I just ding dong battle for sure. I really, really enjoyed this race. So I have a, I, I have a question about that. Actually, I mean, I, I you know, uh,
2: I guess Ailey made his move and he was able to to get a gap on Pitters, but Van Turnout was kind of with him. I, were you guys at all? Surprised? I, I was maybe a little surprised that Van Turnout didn't drop off his pace and try right. to mess with Pitters instead. He stayed up with him and I, I just tactically it seems like Van Turnout's been such the uh you know, the the loyal, dutiful lieutenant throughout the year. I thought maybe he would, you know, drop back and try to just like take corners and slow things down and just make Pitter's life miserable instead of giving Pitters the opportunity to kind of make that bridge in the uh in the last lap.
0: But it seemed like that was the plan though, wasn't it? I mean, especially going into that last lap, it seemed like Ailey was start would get a second or two and then when pitcock came back it looked like we had the moment and i i was uh comparing it to to f1 with the last race of f1 season where checo had to had to play defense against uh lewis hamilton as far as long as he could to try to hold him up and sadly and it's not gcn's fault it's whoever's running the the cameras we just missed it we we just missed the the time when when pitcock was like yeah uh mike we're not we're not playing this game. Um, I'm just going to go. And then he was just all of a sudden on, on Ailey's wheel. But I think, I, I really think that was kind of in his mind that, okay, I need to hold up Pitcock here and give my guy a, a, another second or so. And he just, he just was not able to do it. He was not able to get in his way. So I don't know. I felt like I, I, I may have, I may have seen it differently. I just, I felt like that was in the works and it just, he just never had the opportunity.
2: Oh, sure. Once he bridged up, but like there was, I mean, I, I felt like it, and maybe I'm missing (laughs) what happened, but it felt like, you know, Ailey makes his late lap, late race attack. And he's like, you know which he's done to Tone and Lars repeatedly in one race. So you're you're and, saying Michael, Michael should have just let him go even farther, just let him go. Or he should have pulled back because, like, uh, yeah. right, Michael, wasn't Ailey, I mean, he had, like, a gap for, like, a lap and a half. Like, Pitters was in full on, right? That's why it was suspenseful is you had Pitters, like, is he going to close that gap? I thought maybe Van Turnout could have, like, mucked things up uh, a little bit earlier. But for sure, once they made the bridge, then definitely that's what he's trying trying to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I was wondering if that was sort of like it was, let me go with you, and like maybe maybe like Van Ternop thought the gap was enough that actually we'll just get first and second, and then if need be, I'll deploy later and drop off. Which which happened. Um, my my thought though is watching the beginning of the race when Ellie's there with you know Lions and and um, Tormans is like, does Ellie does Ellie trust? That at the end the sauces will make their way up. Like, does does he just know that out and maybe Sweek? I mean, where where is Sweek these days? Like, I wonder if he just like has that trust that they'll eventually make it up. Cause they do. And it's like it's pretty great because Ellie can then can Ellie can, you know, chase down those moves early if he knows that out will eventually come back and like help him out. I don't know. I'm just curious. I I feel like we keep putting this
0: teamwork thing on them <laughs> and that every indication that I've had, you know, Zach, when we were able to talk to these guys it, when they were in the U S is that they're like team, what, oh you know, I, they're just like, we're out here racing. And yeah, that other guy, they they're always like, oh yeah, Ailey was on a good day. And that's, that's as
2: much as they'll give. Except for Lars. Lars is like, yeah, uh, yeah, I did. Well, yeah, Lars is, I, Lars is like, right. I, I do, I do my part for for tone, but yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. But I'm, I'm this is a sauces, right? A sauces no, no, no. Thing. Oh, okay, yeah, I, I yeah. Just, yeah, I just don't feel like, you know, it works out that way. One guy might be stronger, or like, you know, kind of constructing this narrative into something that maybe is there, but I kind of feel like maybe it's not. I, I, I don't know, I, and and,
1: but remember last year when many Pennon, whatever it was like yelling at Sweek. I, f- I feel like there is yeah screaming at him to say
0: hey guy on this team where we're all wearing the same color kits please for the love of god help out your freaking teammate and he's like um yeah i'm just gonna go to the finish uh <laughs>
1: sorry <man." laughs> okay i get it you're saying that the the team maybe has an idea but the writers are just like nah boss
0: yeah, we're, we're I, I just feel like they're like whoever's on a good day and, and yeah. Ailey's like, I'm the leader, and the rest of them are just like rolling their eyes behind them. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. I again there's another false narrative. I don't I don't know what's going on. I, I think that the 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 thing we're that I'd love to get to just talking about is is we got Pitcock coming back racing here and it, it, talk about just like learning how to ride your cyclocross bike again, like during a World Cup, was just Insane. It, it, was, it was almost like, like, like the Matrix, where, the, where where he's getting fed, you know, cyclocross racer into his brain as it was going on, and <laughs> the and the first like five or six laps, he's just sliding out of corners and he's slow and he's not turning very well. You know, even beats like, oh yeah, I was much better handling my bike than he was, and then the last lap, all of a sudden, it's like he's the best bike handler in the world and he's just railing every turn and. He had he had Easerbeat frazzled. I mean, Easerbeat's like going through there just, just hurrying shit at the end. And and Pitcock is just like coming in there, you know, the the stronger racer. It was crazy. I, I, I swear he just he, he got from rusty to, to tack sharp within six laps.
1: You know, it's just like riding a bike. You never forget. So <laughs> we talk about that last lap. Yeah. Let's talk about it. I I will I'll just say that that whole last lap was really fun to watch because he Pitters Pitter was chasing and he was he was just there. He was like you could taste it. He for like the entire lap and Ellie is just throwing the coal on the fire to get that like he is Ellie looks like he's on his last legs. Like he went like one lap too early, right? Like but he is just He's trying to go his heads down. Pitters is getting so close. And my, my big question was, okay, because I knew that Pidcock won, but I was watching replay. I was like, where does the gap get closed? And then I was like, huh, where does the gap get closed? Zach, do you know?
2: Uh, Duh. Well, I know where he got where he lost two seconds. Was it at the sand? Well, I mean, so the lap before, he, he made up time because Pitters was able to ride it and ailey had to dismount that was in the the penultimate lap i believe but uh pitters it seemed like was a little bit smoother through that one and that was like again back to the sand like it was a
1: section of sand that ailey for whatever reason had some trouble with um yeah yeah yeah, so- yeah pitcock he, he made the gap in the sand riding it i don't it's weird you watch it and it doesn't seem like he did it any better but he just boom closed closed the gap riding ellie's wheel and you're like, okay. All right. It was, was two it. seconds.
0: He was he was six seconds down when he went into that sand. And he was four seconds down when he came out of it. It, it was just. <laughs> wow. But here, here's my question for you, Zach. Sort of from the bigger picture, we saw Ailey. We saw a Tone on the day of his life. I forget which race it was. Just like a week or so ago, with all those crazy off cambers. Was that Besançon maybe, um, where Tone was leading and then he crashed and Ailey. Was able to to pick up the ground and and it looked like he was dead. And then pass him is Ailey a better chaser than leader?
2: Huh. Hmm. interesting. Um, That's it. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, but he's done really well up until now. I mean, I, I think that he's had like his you know his strategies worked really well. Uh, so far. And I, you know, I I guess part of me, the story is he, he implemented his strategy and unfortunately pitters is better than, (laughs) Um, yeah, it's certainly different for him. It's a, a, a different spot for him. Uh, although I guess Namur would be a counterpoint to him being a good chaser because that didn't really—he uh, had a really bad day again. He doesn't really like Namur. It yep. seems like he's had some no. bad days there. Uh, okay. He fin- he finished the race. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I, can we there. can we can we put the jury out on this one? Because I wow. I mean I have a feeling that he's going to be chasing again because Wout and Machu are going to be racing uh, after Christmas. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what he can he can do with that because I think. It's going to be on another, another level uh, for him just based on the fitness that we've seen from Wout so far.
0: All right, so here, here's my next question, and this was one that I asked Powers as well. We, we talk about the planks and the skill of riding the planks and how you know, it used to be a novelty. Now it's a skill you have to have. Now it's a skill that you have to master. So we've now seen three World Cups that Ailey Ezerbeat has lost, has definitively lost because he got outperformed at the planks. Two of them being Tabor. He lost to Van Tornout because Van Tornout was smoother and was able to accelerate after the planks. He lost to Lars because Lars ran faster than him <laughs> riding at the planks. And then Pitcock, not only riding faster, but just being able to technically set up the entrance to the planks better and to come in there with more speed and to be able to I mean I, I don't know how he does it that fast and without losing everything on there and just being able to smoothly go through there which 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 set him up to to be able to pull away at the finish. So it seems like at this point that's something, if anything, that that the guy needs to work on. You know, that's that's a skill that I, I, you know, again, I can't tell him what he needs to work on or what he can't need. He doesn't need to work on, but that that just that just stuck out to me. You know, that that's a that's a CXs and O's video right there. Ellie Easer uh woes on the planks.
2: Yeah, and I think that uh, I think that's when cross becomes super interesting and these nuances become interesting is when you do have elite riders, right? Like if you have a pack filler and be like you should really work on your barrier hopping. Like who cares? Like the, the bigger issue is that you're not good. Like that's the, the bigger issue, but I think it becomes more interesting when you are at whatever level you're at. Like, let's say that you're a cat three trying to make it to cat two. And if you get better at this skill, it'll help you get that upgrade or whatever. I think that's when cyclocross becomes really interesting and it becomes nuanced. And like, there's this skill aspect that maybe aren't in other, other sports, but it kind of, everything kind of has to come together. You have to be on a threshold, I guess, to where does matter so yeah I think it's interesting and he'll go to the because I mean I guess Lars still has his issues but Wow it used to be terrible at like you used to just hold your breath when he'd hit the planks and now at least he's comp he's he's competent now well and I mean I think he broke
0: ribs at one time and he was just like this is something I'm not going to do I mean I just don't want to you know hurt my career by doing this and it just came to a point where you know certain races he's just forced to do it but I think given Given his druthers, I think Wout's always gonna run. He just doesn't want to. But.
2: <laughs> right, but he's better. He's gotten better at hopping. It hasn't been it, it hasn't yeah. been like catastrophic and like I mean, because right. there was that, no. there were times where you're just like, Oh, oh my god. Oh no, oh no, oh no. Um so yes, wow. I, I think that Wout Van Art well, Van seems like a guy who's pretty good at improving on his skills. <laughs> yeah, well, and Ailey is a student of the game, too. I mean, you talk to him, right. and we've talked about how smart he is and, like, his intelligence in racing. So, yeah, I think that it's something that he'll work on, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's quicker. Is he going to be as quick as Pidcock, who was, you know, I- I've heard that he's born to do certain, you know, skill-based <laughs> uh, disciplines. I've heard that before. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I-, I mean, I hope to see that he he improves. And uh, But he got punked, you know, I think— being able to hop quickly proved to to win a race. It's really neat, right? That the the barriers didn't matter, but then oh, it was ultimately great, too, they that did. They
0: came. They that that I mean, Michael. They came in there together. I mean, it was just like you can't you can't script that any better for them. Like, okay, they are going to hit the planks at the exact same time, and one of them actually makes the pass on the planks. We had a planks
1: pass for a win. I just just absurd. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I'm getting chills thinking about it. Go back, rewatch that last lap. It's amazing. And you know, like you say in Bill, Tom feeling said it said he felt rusty in the corners at the beginning of the race, nailed it in the end, and in his interview he said, fuck it. And I which I think what he meant by that was like hit the corner faster than you feel comfortable with with to come into the better line and just you know and send it. No, and don't scrub any speed over the barriers, which knowing that he won that way in the replay i was watching that when he finished hopping the barriers tom was like in a, in a really high gear and was all kind of like grinding and out of off the second barrier and i was like oh that's really interesting because that doesn't seem like where you necessarily want to be you want to sort of shift up a little bit make it a little easier and i'm wondering be, like did he sort of like th- was that, like, his sort of tactic was nailing that post-barrier gear because he came out of the barriers and was fast, right? Like, hopped on it, gone on it, and was just, like, gunning it. And Ellie, I think, like I said a little earlier, was kind of tired. So, like, he got out of the barriers and was like, ugh. Like, didn't have the extra snap. But I just, the sort of the watching the way Tom rode out of the barriers was interesting. I think he sort of like figured out what was that proper gear to be in. And, and, and that was part of his winning move.
0: Well, I think also he may have, you know, had his eye on the women's race and it's the type of thing where Mariana Voss was more than comfortable coming off those barriers in second place, knowing that she was able to control the race and control the sprint where Pitcock was like, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to control the sprint at that point. Like, if I get a big enough gap here, we're not coming into a traditional road sprint because you're not going to be able to get any advantage off of me once we make that turn for home and have the ability to come around. So I think that, I think you're right. I mean, I think when we talk about a sprint before the sprint, he was like, I can win it here. And once I make that turn for home, there's no way he's, he's closing the gap as opposed to Brand who was like, all right, I'm going to, Tactically, I'm tactically at a disadvantage here, and she's already trying to set up how she can win that sprint, knowing that she's leading it out with somebody right on her wheel. So, th- from that, from if, if you just analyze those two sprints, it's really interesting too how that how that played out.
2: Namor, no hold on, guys, who was the top American, and what place did they finish in the men's race? In the men's race.
1: I'm going to say Curtis White. Okay. Because he he, he seems to be. Yeah. Okay. 26th. Not quite.
2: (laughs) He's 25th, right? He finished 25th. Boys, we had an American male who got a better result in a World Cup than the top American female. And I pose the question to anyone. Literally, when is the last time this happened? Uh, and so I went through some races in my head. Uh, so Bill, you 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 went to Fayetteville, and Gage Hecht had a very strong eighth place, but Claire finished third. Uh, then I also I went to uh, Cross Vegas in 2015 when Jeremy Power finished sixth. Georgia Gould finished fourth, uh, so that one was out. There was a year that uh, Powers finished I think like seventh at Tabor. Uh, but that's when Katie Compton was finishing first or second in like every World Cup ever. So I don't know. When is the last time? Jonathan Page Worlds? Potentially, sure. We'll throw in Worlds. So like World Cup slash Worlds. I mean, we may have to go to that race. And I I mean, if anyone else knows, uh, I would love to hear what it is. But man, that is it's like deep cut trivia there. Uh, not quite the same level of performance. I mean, obviously, like these other ones, we're talking about top 10. I, I am I am confident that Jan Buxton will have
0: the answer for us as soon as he hears this. Yes, okay. <laughs>
2: Good. <laughs> so that is, I, I'm interested to know because I can't really think of like any other ones. I mean, like Hyde had a top 15 at Namur, but like Namur, there's always like four American women in the top 10 <laughs> in, in typical years
1: past. So I don't know uh, what the answer So So when, when Paige finished second, at Hogarheide uh, in 2007, Kitty Compton second. So, oh, push push.
2: Oh, it's a push. Oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> uh so that was like, I mean so Peter's winning this race, right? Part of the the trivia was the first first male brit to win a world cup or first one in a long time that,
0: that was that was part of the trivia the other trip part of the trivia was first non-dutch Belgi since i think Frances Murray in 2015
2: yeah so wow. kind of it, it's it's wild to think just because like you know pitters is really good and and serious so i don't know to me it's just kind of wild to think that that's the case but I mean, it's also true because we'll get to we'll get to pit box talk pit box talk where I don't think Britain's choice was super high uh, in terms of 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 pit choices um, because like they just don't have the the rankings. The the the, the true fans will say it. it it's only because
0: uh, Pitcock was on uh, Sven's Telenet Fidea Young Lions team, and therefore he actually is a Belgian.
2: <laughs> All right, let's go to Namur. uh so this is uh you know michael you were talking about the racing versus this one i mean Namur is my favorite course favorite race of the year i mean it's for me it's you know the super bowl it's the one that i i don't miss and i think part of that is because it's it's so challenging right there's just so much going on that that truly i felt like I feel like, and not so much this year, but definitely in like 2019. I think that this year was a pretty mild on the continuum of numbers in terms of the weather and the conditions. Relatively mild, you know, uh, not not super spicy on the uh, the spice chart. But it's it is truly one of those races where literally anything can happen in the last lap, no matter how big your lead is. <laughs> Maybe mild weather-wise, but
0: let's talk about the course changes. I think they they put in a couple features here that you know you had. And the men's and the women's side on that one drop where people were pretty much coming to the top of it and go, Okay, let me make sure that I got my wheels lined up here because I don't want to crash at the bottom of this thing. You know, and, and and we've had like, you know, drops like that before, but that seemed that seemed significant. But more importantly than that, do you think that they declarified this uh this course this year? It seemed it seemed like the cobbled Climb not as much of a feature. I mean, it seemed like maybe it was the same. I still haven't figured out how it leads into the off cambers, but it seemed like last year they were on that a lot longer and she was able to make up more ground
2: on that climb. Did it seem
0: shorter, Zach?
2: You see, you bring up an interesting point. I, I didn't go back. I know the cobbled climb has been on since at least, I think, 2019. I don't. I didn't check twenty seventeen. It wasn't so. It was a different course. So they they realized they had this road, and I don't think they've still really dialed in how to get there, <laughs> right? Because right. we had the stairs, which I happen to love the stairs, but the stairs were a disaster. Uh, last year's was kind of weird. It was that weird and similar. This year was a really challenge. Like it's a very steep. Like there's no easy transition to it. Um, so maybe they dropped on let's just let's just go with let's give them credit that at least they've decided they're
0: going to go up the stairs instead of down so let's let's at least give them credit for that and and go from there
1: from from the tone so yeah so it may have the downhill stairs bring back the (laughs) downhill stairs I want them back I'm sorry so we hated them, but now I wish them.
2: so we'd have to check I guess to see I mean we could look at the course map from last year but it may have been shorter they may have dropped them in sooner um but definitely you know with that there was definitely a premium i i don't think the the television really gives justice to how steep that remount is i think you saw where if you could ride it was a huge benefit uh and it was the same last year where if you could be on your bike going up that like it was significantly advantageous because it was just it seems really steep that the tv camera angle doesn't do justice to
0: and it's crazy too like every lap after the descent before the the cobbles i i think i think that the most riders are in their beds now still trying to figure out the best way to do it yeah. I, I don't think anybody maybe uh maybe van torn out and it nailed it but i, I just think i would like like alvarado i think about like she was like oh i'm going to go all the way to the right that that seems like a smart thing to do. And then she's with the fans, like had slid completely under the, under the, the fencing was on the other side. And there's just like, it was crazy. It was just like every lab was like, okay, you know, Pitcock the same way. I was like, well, okay, I can ride this. I, I was born to ride this. I'm going to ride this. And <laughs> you know, and then, then he's got to run it and he still can't run down it. It just, it, it was, that was a crazy section.
2: I will say, like definitely, and we'll get to this with the men. It it was definitely a feature that you had to go slowly, and I think we saw with Pitters that if you tried to rush it, you were you were hosed. (laughs) So it was a there was a huge there was a monster speed limit on that section that you had to just get perfect and keep your wheel going generally the right direction because you know not even pitters could save it once he started to slide out but i think when he was under pressure after he gave up i think it was in the second to last lap like he was just he rushed it and it was uh, a challenging feature so um yeah and then the uh the the super descent so I, I think in the past they used to go up that the the steep descent the the one that gets a rut at the bottom the one where brand stopped took her time, had a tea, made sure she was clipped in <laughs> before dropping, uh, down. But, um, you know, friend of the, friend of the pod, I guess, Austin Killips, she broke her collarbone crashing on that in pre-ride. So it's, it's the real deal, uh, in terms of how challenging it is. And, you know, I really hope that no one else was, was injured there. Cause there were, it seemed like there were fewer crashes, but there was that rut that forms at the bottom. And if you're not clipped in like, yikes, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's interesting because like that was, and we'll talk about this, but like that, that you ride up it and then you, you know, you turn back down and like. Pickcock like stalls out there for a second. and That actually like creates the gap to Vanter now. I think he eventually closed that one back down, but like just the fact that you like you, you can lose time at that top. And not even if you're intentionally trying to stop to look down and survey the bottom, it catches you up, and it's really, really interesting spot there. Um,
0: yeah, that's that's the thing. You know, we're talking about Rookfin and we're talking about the sand pit. and You're like, oh, well, you can lose two seconds yeah. here or there. It's like the more you can, you know, one just you're off a couple millimeters, and you're losing five, six, seven seconds. It's just the 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 penalty is so huge, and it's it's the classic race I, you know it's the classic sven yes, the person who makes the least amount of mistakes wins everybody's going to make mistakes you just have to make the least amount and i think that's that's what we saw on both sides
2: bill but we can we talk about the off camber i mean you are right you are you are the you own a phd in this off camber so i <laughs> want to hear your thought because it was very different this year they moved it up the hill a little bit because every i think they realized that last year's was kind of benign um but there were no shelves what did you think of the off camber this year Can I tell you that the first when I saw it on the first lap of the women's race, I was
0: so bummed because I thought that they had just reversed course on it and they were coming in the other direction on the off-camber and it was just kind of lame. And I was like, oh, no, they're doing it twice. They're going, you know, left to right, and then they're going to come right to left after it. And I – It's it's what Erwin Vervecken said he was going to do after last year's race. That that you know, if you go back to the CX's and O's video, what he explained was that there are mountain bike trails around there. Plus, there's this cross race every year, so that there had these 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 ledges had been created that at one point were perfect in that you had to do this balancing act to stay on the ledge. And if you got it wrong, you slipped all the way down. And that was amazing. And we loved seeing that. But then I think in 2019, they just became too defined and they were easy just to rail. And there was, it wasn't, it wasn't fun anymore because it was, again, I'm not riding this. It looks incredibly hard, but for the people at that level, it was too easy for them. I loved it. So they moved it up the hill. It looked like there was a tree that was possibly in the way that um, right. v- vanished, uh, and 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 the uh, the overzealous um, volunteer with the with the uh, pink spray paint uh, was going all over the roots there to make sure people knew that there were uh, uh, roots there. But I thought it was great. I thought it, it was a return to form. It didn't have the ledges that it had in the past. You know, those may those may have been carved out this year and we'll see them a little more, but I think it's still I think it still gave us the off camber excitement that that we were looking
1: for from that feature. And it was the defining move of the men's race, right? I mean, Pickcock crashes on the on the off camber, he's in the lead, and then Michael catches him and, and that's it. So I mean I think it's sort of it played it, it played its part, its iconic part in the race.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, we. I feel like we've done. We've alluded to the men's race like six times in this discussion. Let's do the men's race first, all right? So, no, th- no, no. We can't. We can't. We have to start with the guy that
0: again, Zach. That you have. You know. Well, you now you're starting to give us credit, but I need to get this out of the way first because I think this is a very important. Okay. Discussion point. Pim Ronhar wins the U23 race. Pim Ronhar, Lucinda Brand, both, you know, doing their 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 bird, their their Philadelphia Eagle celebration. What, what, oh no, dirty birds, whatever it is that they're doing. They are doing some kind of bird when they win worlds. What do you guys think about Pim Ronhar coming across the line and doing the Vanderpool Dusendorf at the finish line? what's what's going on there is this a is this a a just a tribute to his dutch you know colleague i, I
2: are you talking about did the you even know,
0: did, did you notice this yeah he like presented his bike and he bowed it was the same thing that uh van did in switzerland
1: hmm.
2: i do remember him doing this and I, I guess i noticed that he was doing i didn't make that connection right away i assume this is a thing that people do i mean like that, that just seems weird because, like, I mean, yeah, he's world champ, but I mean, he's been he's had his struggles, kind of getting run run by the by the camp by camp, right? Like, he's not he hasn't been dominant. Uh, you know, Vanderpool deserved that in Dubendorf, right? To to take a bow, like he had won two in a row, like in dominant fashion. Man, my guy Pim, I don't know, and like you're dipping into the other team, like yeah, get, pay homage to Lucinda Brand. You know, uh I don't know when the last time a different lion has won a world championship. So I don't know, but I'm I'm happy for my man Pim. It's great to see Pim Ronhar uh racing well and I, it still gives me hope that he'll step into that role of being another lieutenant uh for the Lions as he has the success of the U twenty threes. All right. Well, just mark that, Bodhi, mark that on our question we're gonna be
0: asking Pim Ronhar at Worlds about that uh about that celebration. Okay on the list yeah
2: all right now we can talk all about right. the men's race let's do it men's race uh tone arts tone arts is he's had some uh he's had some success ish but he's also you know he's had his his issues so, at so many demons, at namur demons 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 uh, and it seemed like he was looking to exorcise those demons early on i mean i two laps in his lead was like 25 seconds uh, any surprises with how this race started? Like L- no is, is, is the race
0: that I think before he's done, he's going to be like, win the I can now retire. Right. But yeah, I think, I think you're right, Zach. This was, he was, he looked awesome. He looked so good. I, I, and I think it's what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago that we're finally seeing this healthy tone arts and, 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 and we were seeing seeing it again until we weren't.
1: Yeah, I mean, he got taken out by the roots again, and then he got he he seems to. I mean, what's going on um, over there at the Lions Tire Shop? Because he got another he got another inopportune flat tire. That was the one. Um, and wasn't
0: that that was on the that that's where everybody's. But you know, Pitcock is is tracking him down. It was after he had that crash on that descent. As as I pointed out, it was you know I was talking about the overzealous guy with the pink spray paint. That was that was the one route he didn't paint. As as if again, I not to get too far off track. But there was one year at, at DCCX and our our UCI. Official, I'll name it. It was Tom knee. Tom knee comes in there. Tom knee has a good sense of humor and we're going through there and we got this guy, you know, the the other team that we, that promotes DCCX, DCM to be big mountain bike race team. And he's got his orange paint out and he is just painting every route, every freaking route at the armed forces retirement home on DCCX. And, you know, we're doing our, our course walkthrough with the DCCX officials and, and and Tom like sees the guy painting, and he goes, "You missed one," just sort of jokingly at the guy, because he's just like painting everything, and it like like it matters, you know. And I, and I understand if there's like a big obstacle that's hidden that you want to alert people to, that's like in the middle of the course. But that's that kind of reminded me of what we had at Namur, where there was just like pink paint everywhere. It's like, hey guys, everywhere you move, there's going to be a route. You know, I don't know if we really <laughs> need to point them all out to you, basically. Take take your fate into
2: your own hands when you go down here, and you know it didn't it didn't work out great for Tone. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pitcock. I, I think at the beginning, um, I I had the sense it just seemed like Pitcock was going to do something, and so it's kind of interesting to me that early on he was just kind of sitting in. I mean, I think at one point he was like sixth or eighth wheel, just kind of hanging out. He was just chilling. I'm like, wow, he has no sense of urgency uh, that Tone Arts is just kind of up the road and doing his thing at the front. Um, But I think finally he kind of turned it on. um, It seemed like he was going to drop Van Turnout. So, like, he made his move. He was starting to make his move. And, you know, and then Tone, his flat happened at, like, the worst possible place because the way the pit was set up you know, he had to go all the way down. He had to go up the cobbled climb. He had to go across the off camber. He had to climb all the way back up, like literally the worst possible place, probably. And to his, I gave him so much credit for riding that off camber when he when he did flat. But yeah, and Pitters starts to kind of close it down. And, you know, you could see coming off that um, onto the cobbles. It seemed like Pitter's was going to win the race. Like, to me, he made the pass, he made a big attack up the Cobble Climb, it just didn't, I didn't see any point where Van Turnout looked like he had the legs, it seemed like he was kind of hanging on and Pitters was kind of running that group. Um, yeah, with two to go, I'm like, Pitcock's got this, like, he's got this, you know, he's looking strong, he's got the climbs, we saw what he did on the mountain bike and and stuff like that this summer, so yeah, I thought he was, I, I thought he was looking good.
0: Michael, do you think that Pidcock, watched some game tape, took into consideration the mistakes that he made or possible mistakes. I mean, I don't know if it was a mistake. He basically, in 2020, of course, he had Wout and Matthew Vanderpoel in there with him as well, but he was, with those guys, he was basically Rudy the Rabbit. He's like, I'm gonna go out as fast as I can and try to get away from you guys and then see what happens, and that was awesome until he just ran out of steam and Wout chased him down and Vanderpool padded Wout on the back and then went in for the win. Do you, do you think that, do you think that that played into this at all, that this was this kind of no more strategy to just kind of hang out and, and not do what he did that last time around?
1: That could be it. I mean, I also, there's no Vanderpool and no out too. Um, and he just won the race before. So yeah, it's interesting. That's a, that's a good question, Bill. Cause he, cause he's, he wins the race and he's talking about how he's rusty in the turns. Right. So like going to Namur is like one of the most technically challenging races. So maybe he dialed it back just a little bit to kind of like get his legs under him and then, and, and then go from there. So I don't know. Um, you know, talking about the, the pit though, cause he, he was, he was pitting really well in 2020. Was it, was that the race he was doing a good job of pitting? Um, is the, did they change the pit in Namur this year? Is it, on pavement or is that just like dirt i think that was the same as that was that same it's
0: almost like there's some building or something that they're on the top of is that right zach it's almost almost like a it's like like
2: a parade ground for the citadel or something it's it's a big flat open section um there's a big kind of overlook in front of it
1: or whatever but it's i think the pit has always been there Okay, I just for some reason this year it just looked like it, they were pitting on on tarmac and I thought that was pretty wild. Um but yeah, and then did, there's that one pass that Pitcock was it Pitcock or was it who did the who passed in the pit where they came they turned right in front of Pitters the other rider. It was Pitters cuz Pitters all, all, so
2: Pitters pit box was, was at the beginning. Um i guess number 12 uh friend of the the bullets in the pod uh jeremy bloyd peshkin is actually over there um he was working for austin and we got the the deets i guess it was 12 so it was first on pit one and then like dead last on pit two uh whereas it seems like the the Belgi pit was probably in pit box one because they were at the complete opposite end so yeah he was on a bike quicker um, to the point where actually some people thought uh, that he wasn't pitting at all, but it was just that, like, he was so quick in the pit uh, that if the camera didn't cut to him in time, he already had his fresh new bike. Right. Uh, and it was a yeah. fast pit, too, to your point, because it was on that hard pack. It wasn't a slog. It wasn't in a field. It's on, like, this really nice, you know, one of the cleanest, nicest, you know, from a, a just ride standpoint pits probably in cyclocross.
1: crashes on the off camber we talked about the over the almost that big tree section but in vanter now you know zach you talk about last year's vanter now with the november to remember i mean he's bringing in the december to like christmas present for mikey v oh totally absolutely yeah i mean he and he played the race perfectly right
2: like i he was he was just he did just enough like he was there when Pitters made that mistake he was there to to make the pass like because it seemed like you know Pickock seemed like he was committed to to you know that action of trying to get a gap and Van Turnout to his credit was was there and he pounced and. Yeah, he was great. I mean, it seemed like Pitcock really was defeated once he gave up the lead, which was interesting to me, Michael, because he was right there. You talked about it. He was still right there in the second to last lap. And he just, he seemed defeated after that one crash, didn't he?
1: Yeah, I well, that was your, I think you, I just watched it. He, he does, he crashes on that section going down to the cobbles. And like you said, Zach, it is a lot steeper than it looks on TV. And so once you have to remount And Van Tornout is already gone. Yeah, that kind of, I think that was it. Like, yeah, it's still the deal.
0: I I think also possibly what had Pidcock kind of defeated was just a performance that Van Tornout was putting in. I mean, Pidcock's like, okay, when I get to the cobbled section, when I get to the climb, I'm the fastest climber in this field. Everybody knows that. And Van Tornel like right there with him the whole way. And even pulling away, you were right. you know. And again, Zach, going back to what you were saying, getting back on the bike is so important. The laps that he was getting it wrong after he gave up the lead, he was losing time there because he, he was, was not as smooth getting back on his bike. And then the, the second part of it, even when uh, they were both forced, I think it was Pitcock who crashed on the off camber and they're both forced to run, like Pitcock can't catch him like Van Tornout's faster running them in. I, I just think that every every step of the way he had him beat and then his 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 just his on the bike skills are are sharper, are better. You know, it was it was kind of a, a a win for the tall guy out there.
2: Yeah. You know? Yeah, a couple of points <laughs> being on a, being able to do those things. Uh, a couple of points on what you said. One, I really liked when Pitcock was running, they cut to like the low handheld cam and so you got the cross view of seeing Van Turnout. He was still on the bike at that point before he dismounted. To see just how fast he was moving on that off-camber, I, I, I don't think the TV with the view does it justice. We need to go. Uh, Michael and I at Pan Ams, we we're already talking about planning our curse period trip for next year. Uh, we need to go and just see, because I can ima- I can only imagine just how quick the, the, the level of athleticism of riding your bike across that off-camber, because he was just flying flying through which was just a really neat moment uh to to get to see that but then on that climb i'm like all right pitters you know he's he's in a hole he's got maybe three or four seconds but he's got the climb like there's nothing to worry about it's a climb like right like i think that when something's in your head it can it can mess with you and you're can really fluster you but like a climb is a thing you know especially as a tom pitcock like has a safe space to just grind and like van turnout kept his gap he opened he extended it so to bill to your point mikey v just brought it like he was a new man once he got that lead it's like he was just waiting for that moment uh the entire race and he he really man he delivered uh at the end there that was impressive
0: he, he's having me rethink my position that mountain bike athletes are better than cyclocross athletes. Cause you know, <laughs> big cock in the Olympics, able to drop those guys in the climbs Ooh. can't can't do it here. So we'll have to revisit that. Uh, anything more in the men's race or should we, uh, Jump over to the Lucinda Brand parade laps.
2: Uh, well, I think we first. I mean, we've got to give a shout. Uh, we did a we did an interview, a fortuitous interview with uh, the Costa Rican representative Felipe Nystrom, cult hero. Who knew? Guy goes to to Belgium, yeah. you know, he almost Michael almost got ran over by him at Pan Am's. Uh he's racing the World Cups, you know, he's paying his own way. He's did uh Rufin and he did uh Namur and he's doing Dendermonda and he's going back and then he'll be at Worlds, but cult hero uh from all reports on the ground.
0: Belgians like international riders as long as they aren't good. <laughs> Yeah, it makes sense. I mean the 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 amount. I don't know if you noticed this. Like it's the the I have not seen more animated Belgian fans than I saw when Van Tornout was beating Pidcock. I mean it was like anyone but Tom at that point. But no, I I, I don't mean it to mean to mean what happened. I think that that was awesome uh, for Felipe. Guy came in, uh, you know, last place, but. That was because he was enjoying every second of it. Our uh, our um, wide angle podium and CX Hair's uh, European correspondent, Ethan Glading, was there shooting the race. And he was like, it was just awesome. It was like, it was so loud every time he came through that that um off camber he was just like it was just an amazing feel-good sight. so uh yeah i think i think it's great that he's there and he's
2: but he said it was like for the full three minutes so like i was trying to because they they did the little time thing for the off camber and i was trying to figure out what it was but it was the down the, the climb on the cobbles and then the back across he said the whole time he was in that section even on the cobbled climb they were just going bananas like he said it was a wall of sound like for Felipe. And I, I saw the video, I guess he was like, you know, videoing it. He was, he went to the off camber and was videoing. It. I don't know if this is after he got pulled or something. I would assume maybe that was the case or whatever, but I, it's, that guy's a feel good story and you you love to see it. Oh, for um, sure. And just a, a, a neat side story to see Belgies supporting riders like Americans do for everyone in the field. So um, the women's race. Uh, so I'll just to, to start things off, you know, uh, I've been taking some heat uh, for my opinions about uh cyclocross course design and how race starts and the placement of certain features. And I mean, we've, it's been suggested that I, I just don't like cyclocross courses that I think that they should just be devoid of all features, but and guys, you'll have to help me out here. You're going to have to help me out. Uh, and I I don't know if there's if this is new or not, but I, I kind of like this thing where just you go uphill. It's a big climb at the start. Like, are there any other disciplines that do that? I'm not really sure. I, I really liked what I saw from Namur. Is that does this happen anywhere
1: else? Yeah, twenty nineteen Tour de France. I believe they did that uh, for one stage. This was a this was a
2: they do this in mountain biking at every single race. Joke so that was that's kind of where that was going but i i like the i like the uphill climb i am pro uphill climb to start like the copenberg love the copenberg cross it's a highlight of the year for me I, i feel like uh no complaints if you're in a bad spot at the uh the uphill climb to start the
1: race you like hill climbs then zach you want a hill climb cross race so you want the opposite of enduro but on cross bikes okay Got it. New sport.
2: I, I do like climbing. I mean, I I've always enjoyed climbing. Yes, I I do in, enjoy that, and I think that is uh, a, a part of the sport that I like.
0: Wait, 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 Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's let's just let's just let's just d- drill down into this, Michael. I'm 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 on board. So, cyclocross enduro, where you time the uphill portions, yep. and then you just party pace the downhill yeah. portions of the course. Yeah. All right, I'm in. I'm in. Let's do this.
2: <laughs> I'll invest. We had some. Uh, we're, we had some discussion about trying to make sports for Americans. Guys, are we trying to make a, a discipline where Clara is successful? Are we? Is this like? Is this like? We're like, hey, guys. I know we're struggling right now, but like, let's create a new form of cyclocross where we have an American who's really good at it.
0: Mm, well, you were talking about an uphill start, so I don't know
2: fair uh so uh my my favorite so lucinda brand like she got off to a good start um but i to bill's point from the previous race about how she races we had uh helene clausel was kind of at the front after the first big climb so there's the first big climb and then they kind of go up again and she was just like uh, I'm gonna let you finish. Please get out of my way. Like, what are you doing at the front? Like I'm going to the front. I'm just gonna start like bombing this field. Like I love that moment uh, from from Lucinda Brand at the start of the race.
0: Well, and the Clausels have been doing this all year. I mean, they were doing that in the us. and I, I, I honestly think it wasn't like one or the other. It was like both of them are just they, they sort of tag team whole shots and then just go and and get their get their kid out front and do what they can and then kind of do that pro pro drift back to wherever they're going to finish up. I mean, granted, both of them actually, uh, what is it? Helene ended up sixth and I don't know where the other Clausel ended up, but they, they did fine. But yeah, it's kind of funny that they're always, they always find themselves at the front.
2: So Denise Betzema, though, I mean, she hung in. She was there. Uh, she was, you know, right behind uh, I just, the first lap when uh, Brand literally stopped at the top of that steep drop, took her time, waited you know uh uh uh. betsema grabbed her ticket you know next in line number two she waited <laughs> to do her remount but i mean i think the two of them were kind of together but then brand just like punished her on the climbs which is interesting right because we saw betsema last year at Berengen was kind of the big like coming out where she just like killed everyone on the first climb of, of that race up to the top of the slag heap and she's been really successful at climbing races and it just i was a little surprised the ease with which lucinda brand just buried her not just like not on a power section just climbing uh, to, to go absolutely you know just uh
0: against everything that i said probably 30 minutes ago it seemed like it was a <laughs> Where I was like the climb wasn't long enough for Clara. It still was longer than normal cyclocross climbs and I think that it so it turned into more of a road climb almost. I mean that's why okay. Clara does well on it and I think maybe that's uh that's where 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 uh, betsima good at those punchy what like seven eight, nine second climbs but you get into the 20 30 40 second climbs and I think that's where the brand is brand is gonna shine or 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 zach if we get like one of those copenberg specialists
2: <laughs> yeah yeah because brandon do super well at copenberg was somewhere in between it was somewhere in between a short punchy climb and a climb.
0: <laughs> right well i don't and i don't think the grade this isn't copenberg grade right this is just sort of
1: longer seriously like this is i mean michael this is kind of like a medium mountain stage yeah yeah no totally i, I com- like i completely see that bill i mean brand's a road racer we know that so like yeah, I think this just also just goes back to Brand just being the best woman right now, and just literally on that form where you know she lost the day before, but like I said, she went from the gun and was just going to ride as hard as she can all race, and that's just what it's going to be. Um, Zach, Zach, do you think if
0: Lucinda Brand, if there was some universe in which Lucinda Brand actually listen to us yammering on where she would finally be like guys i've said this now for two years straight i'm a cyclocross racer not a road racer
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true
2: well and i think she's kind of shown that i mean i think uh i don't have the year in front of me but i think the first year she won namura right like there was this long period where you know evie so it must have been 2018 because evie won it in 2017 um Katarina Nash always did well there. Ava Lechner would do well. And everyone's like, the mountain bikers was my favorite term from from the Euro correspondence back when we still had to to pirate Euro feeds to watch our cyclocross. And then Bran came in and she's just like, hey guys, like, I'm gonna win Namur. Am I just gonna win it once? I'm just gonna like win it every year. Like it's just the thing that I do that I win Namur. And I, I I guess that that's probably started to be when people were like, Uh oh. Guys, this is a good. Like She's so strong and now she can ride her bike and win on like one of the most demanding, challenging, tough, scary at times courses of, of the year. So it's been a long time coming. But yeah, Bill, I think you're right. Like cyclocross racer.
1: Uh, and she's man, she's done well at this race. Is it like four years in a row or something. Four years in a row. And she's won it? Yep. Yeah. One, two, three, four. She I mean that that was that was her celebration across the line. She wanted to make sure everybody know. She'd won it that many times, Ooh. and that she's a fan of Feist. Uh,
0: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so Betsam coming in second. All right. Am I doing this right? Pook? Pook, Petersa,
1: slap Slapshot. Is that
2: I swear, I someone can like chime in here, but I swear, like so, we didn't talk about it, uh, Michael. But you wanted to do broadcast corner for Rookfin. We had uh, the Bel- Netherlands are on they're on lockdown, uh, no fans again, uh, and so watching the non-commented GCN stream, you got like that ambient sound that we kind of got. Um, from I'm thinking all the way back to when Trek first started broadcasting the Dave series, right? When you just get that ambient noise from the cameras. And I swear it was kind of like a, uh, Petersa from the race announcer at the venue. It was not puck. Um, but I'm, please correct me. Let us know. Please let me know if I'm doing this wrong. I probably am. But anyway, uh, that's, that's where that came from.
0: All right. Well, third place for her, Zach, Zach, should we, um, should we go to Clara Corner?
2: So, yes. And I have trivia related to that. So should we talk about Clara Corner first and then we'll get to trivia? So it's like, uh, but it's Clara and Mag's corner. Like Megley Rochette, yeah. uh, she's, I mean, she's a legit force to like be on podiums. And I think eventually she'll win a race. Um, both of them had really bad days <laughs> by their standards. I mean, Clara was, oof, she was way back. Um, I mean, can uh, we can, we can we just talk stop, about, can we just
0: stop there for a second that it's at least we're at the point where we're looking at them and they were the first ones to sort of cop to this. I mean, Clara said she was happy with the first race back, but you know, not great, but that at least from our expectations and knowing what they can do, that 10th and 11th place is a finger quote, bad day for right. them. I, I, I think that's, I think that's pretty awesome. I mean, I think that that's, that the potential there from years past until, now is is pretty cool in that evolution
2: yeah so i mean clara was she was way back i mean she fought back she finished 11th so i guess there was enough climbing but it certainly wasn't a repeat of what we saw in 2020 right like this was her Big race, Michael. You were there. I kind of joked about it with her. Like that was that was when Clara Hansinger became like Clara Hansinger, a person that we talk about as someone who can compete at these international races, because that was her race where she, you know, passed uh some past prime time and then dropped Betsuma at the end of the race. But not super great. Uh Rochette, tenth, not super great. Um, but I looking at I'm looking at her results right now, tenth is actually the best that Rochette's ever done there. So Magalie uh, still has something to prove. And I'm a little surprised, you know, I mean, she was a mountain biker and she's pretty good at mountain biking. A little surprised that she hasn't done better. Uh, their 10th DNF 10th, 20th, 32nd, uh, and five races at Namur. So hopefully next year, I'm looking forward to, to Megla Rochette having, uh, you know, exercising her demons at Namur next year.
0: I think looking at Clara's, I'd have to go back and look, but I was pretty sure when I was looking at them during the race, Clara did, Clara did Clara. I mean, she, I think her lap times were going down every lap and she may have been definitely amongst the fastest laps in the last couple and may have been her fastest laps as well. I mean, she was just picking off riders as she went along. Of course, I made the, you know, comment on Twitter. She just needed one more lap, which of course was met with, or she could just start better. And it's like, you know, of course, yes, yeah, she could, or can she? You know, that's that's kind of the, that's kind of where we're at.
2: Uh, another rider to talk about um, coming up from way back. So someone who was in the Clara zone after the first climb. Spoiler alert, probably not a place you want to be. Uh, but then came on really strong and turned in, I thought was a great race. Primetime. I mean, she was all the way up to fourth. Finished fifth because Fem Van Empel. she's continuing to ride well. And she's having, you know, again, burying the curse of the U23 women's world's winter jersey. Primetime looked great. I thought she raced so well. And I mean, she was, you know, she was one of the riders trying to ride that downhill descent. Um, great result. Super optimistic about what she did. I don't know what happened at the start. I'm guessing part of it is start position. But um, yeah, worked her way all, all the way back up to fourth and ended up fifth.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. These two races, Ruckfin and Namur, two different ways in which your good start is going to not having a good start really affects you. Ruckfin was a road race, so if you were not in the first fifteen wheels, like you were just gone, like you just you just couldn't make up that gap. Like there was it, that was it. Um, and then Namur is just you have that climb which sorts it out, but if you make a bobble then you get jammed up behind a rider and then, and then there's so much technical stuff that like the time gaps grow. I was just looking at the men's race The Ellie Easerbeat finished in fifth place. You know, he's, he's probably happy to finish, hold on to his world cup leaders Jersey, but he finished two minutes down in fifth place.
0: Michael, I was watching this. I, I, I pulled up the live timing and was sort of following along with that during the race. Some, And this is just starting position, and I feel bad for these guys. But some of our North American friends were down by over a minute at pit one. At Namur. Yeah. Whew! You're only five minutes into the. They were. It was basically seven minutes into the race, and they were already down over a
1: minute. That's so rough.
0: Oh my
2: god. I was noticing that too with the um the, the off campers being next to each other, seeing American while well, the leader I'm like, oh boy, they're like that's two and a half, three minutes down already. Um, so I know we're kind of running a little long. I want to do some trivia. So World Cup Namur, uh, this is both related to the, to the women's race. So World Cup Namur was first held in 2011. It was first held in 2009, um, as a C2. So it was a C2 for two years. And then it's been a World Cup every year. Claire Hansinger finished 11th. Uh, when is the last time an, an American woman did not finish in the top 10 at World Cup Namur?
0: Are 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 we assuming all results are still uh, are still on the books? <laughs>
2: yes, yes. <laughs> Nothing has been vacated. <laughs> Twenty eleven. Um, no, first time ever. So first time ever, you have to go all the way back to the two thousand and ten C two when basically no one raced it, um, for the most part. Um, there was one American. So really kind of the worst and, uh, the worst world cup result before that was eighth place for Katie Keogh in 2018. So a little surprising. I mean, this has been a race that the Americans have always done well. You know, I think in the 2019 super sloppy year, we had, uh, Faringer was in the top 10 and that was when Clara finished six. And we were kind of like, Oh wow. She's pretty good. Um, actually her Compton and Faringer went, uh, six, seven, eight. Uh, so Oh, it's kind of an interesting trivia. Um, we've also been doing so. Our our top non American was Helene Clausel. We talked about her or non dutchie Sorry, non Um, guys. I went through and I've, I I compiled the stats on top non dutchie I I went and and did the numbers. Wow. So only talking about World Cups, uh, Super Prestige, and uh, Bathroom Cross. So no no atheist cross, no non series races. Who Who is leading right now as the top, top non-Dutchie? How are they leading? Like, what are you, you're tallying Most, most top non-Dutchie in a race of the three major series races, top non-Dutchie. Sonic Hunt. The most times. Close. Close as in well it can't be close as in another belgian uh close as in she's tied for second with several people
0: okay i know anna Kay was up there for a little while uh,
2: uh linee she's Bucurecine. got one berk 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 or <laughs> yeah uh, she's got one uh, um, uh yolanda neff has one uh think about the like think about i mean i and i think you can do this um
0: Lechner, maybe, no. Roche, no. no.
2: Hansinger? Rochette? Uh, Rochette and Hansinger both have are, are tied for second. So they're tied Oh Vosh Sonica-
1: Vosch! Oh, Vosch! has four. man, come
2: on. Damn. Blanca Vosch has four. So Blanca Vosch is the top. Uh, Hansinger has three. Sonicant has three. Rochette has three. And Anike has two of the other mentioned. So now the average finish that so we've done, one, two, three. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen, seventeen. 12 15 17 so we've done 19 of these races what is the average finishing position for the
1: top non dutchy ninth uh he's saying ninth i'm saying seventh four
2: and a half oh so we've had we've had two wins uh oh, we had and right. we yeah, had claire Hansiger take yeah. some dubs uh we had no. two seconds so I know one of those was Rochette, and then the other one was, I mean, probably blanc I don't remember the other one. Uh, and three-thirds. So we've had eight podium finishes. <laughs> eight podium finishes in 19 races <laughs> that weren't Dutch. Um, so, I don't know, I mean, fun, little, fun little trivia. It's something that I'll be, I'll be tracking. Uh, yeah, it's going to be getting, another, we need another stat for the metrics. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll probably need to to reboot the uh, the statistics, the the cross metrics, and get a, a look at where those are are at for the year. So, anyway, just a little fun, little diversion. Um, I appreciate you guys playing along. That was uh, enjoyable for me. Is that the TND, the TND stat? Yes, TND, top non Dutchy. Okay. All right, I, I'm. I'm looking. I I, I want to see the
0: analysis of of brand. That's what I'm most interested because you guys were so down on brand and her opp. So just uh, and granted, she can't top it, right? She can't top the every race of the year, but
2: yeah, that is true. Win percentage um, might be higher. Well, but low key, uh, you know, Batsuma like, getting on two podiums again. I mean, she's she's. Back. she's she's cranking them out she's just cranking out those podium finishes so guys we've we're coming up on curse period this is bill i think this is going to be a challenge for you um just in terms of like editing so we have on sunday i think we have dendermonda which i believe no one is looking forward to uh then on monday we have is 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 the big flyover back in play that's all i need to know (laughs) what and Vanderpool is there. So I think people will be looking forward to it. It's the chance to see Vanderpool. Uh, Tuesday, we have Zolder, which... Is it a World Cup this year? I feel like it. they bumped up, or are they, doing, are they still doing Super Prestige? Super Prestige. They're doing Super Prestige. Okay, so there's still a Super Prestige. Uh, we record on Tuesday, uh, but then we go on Wednesday. We have my second favorite race of the year in Super Prestige Degum. I am stoked that the night race of digam is back and then we have a low and out on thursday so we're gonna have a lot of content and then we have gps van ness on saturday and then we have holst on sunday so we're i don't know what we're gonna do we might have to like record on new year's eve or something and we're just gonna have so many races that we're gonna have to talk about here
1: it's so odd we don't have any races this weekend
2: wait yeah there's one on sunday Oh yeah. Okay. Like Christmas is on Saturday. Sorry. Okay, and then yeah, and then Monday, which is well, a holiday. We
0: may, in, we, may we may have to we may have to squeeze in an extra an extra even uh, we can't do many episodes. It's impossible for us.
2: So yeah. But like but, uh, we can't we can't do four episodes we can't do four races in one episode though that really concerns especially with Wow and Machu being there and it's curse period and good stuff is gonna happen and we're gonna talk about the off camber that's like 30 seconds into Degum, which just contradicts every other point that I've ever made. I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about.
0: yeah all right yeah. now you guys you guys may have to do one of those on your own because I'll be on a plane on New Year's Day. so hopefully assuming it still happens, we'll be at Holst
1: that's right uh oh okay all
0: right all right all right well um yeah I think we did this we got a lot coming up we'll come back to do that good job y'all hang in there kid